We go to the gym. We work on our muscles. Your mental health shouldn't be viewed any differently than that. Your mental health, your perspective, your approach to life, your uh, approach to tackling problems in your life is a muscle and it's something that needs to be flexed. It's something that needs to be worked on daily. All right, welcome back everybody to the Origin Experience Podcast. Episode two of our second season, second one of 2019. Today I am here with Ashley who is now a CrossFit coach. Mm-hmm. She is a therapist. She is so many amazing things. Mm-hmm. Ashley, welcome. I'm going to let you do your own introduction okay. because you have all the the accolades and things that I don't know how to pronounce in your field. So why don't you tell everybody all the cool things that you do? Sure. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Me too. Um, this is a first experience for me, so really excited to be here and uh, just get down to details with you. Um, so I am a therapist, which, uh, the license is MFT. So that's marriage and family therapist, um, master's degree in clinical psychology. And the last, uh, three years I have been working at a nonprofit with, uh, severely mentally ill clients, SMI, severe mental illness. I'm also a CrossFit coach. I'll have my L1 and also have my sports performance, USAW weightlifting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Cool. USAW sports performance coach, level by level one certification. Let's go into that a little bit. How did you get into, or how did you go from doing the mental health side to fitness and why did you want to do that? Right. Well, the mental health side, so it's, that's been a long road, mm-hmm. right? You got it, I got my bachelor's degree in psychology and I think how I got into mental health is <clears throat> I started off getting my uh, associate's degree at CSM in liberal arts. And I was like, all right, well, next step is a four-year degree. So Notre Dame's right down the road. Let's uh, let's check that out. And when I was trying to figure out what I wanted to major in, psychology was the only thing that had really fascinated me or interested me at, at CSM. So it just it just felt right. Nice. And in my four-year degree at Notre Dame, I... Um, I was I noticed that you can't exactly take psychology to the next level unless you're licensed. Hmm. You have to have a master's degree or a PhD or a PsyD. So they have a really cool transitional program there where you start your graduate degree before you end your undergraduate degree. And I just transitioned smoothly into that. So nice. that's kind of how I landed you know, into psychology and doing psychology. Um, and then the fitness aspect, CrossFit aspect of my life uh, was something more recent where, where I had a big, huge, like a life transition a couple years ago and fitness was a hundred percent part of that, part of that transition. I lost 60 pounds and I saw the picture you posted recently. That's neat. It's kind of crazy to look back. It's crazy to look back, but what was the the switch that flipped in your head that made you ready to make that commitment and, and do it? Yeah, sure. And I'll, I'll say also right here, I'll kind of preface and disclaimer like I'm totally open book uh, and have no problem like sharing vulnerable parts of myself so when you ask that question immediately I go to well my cousin passed away three years ago in April and so through his passing Hmm. I had a life shift mindset shift perspective on how I lived my life and what was going on for me and it came down to happiness for me so at that point in my life, I, I, have, I hadn't always been overweight. I was, I was slender and I was thin. I did dance team in high right. school right. and I'd always kind of like been active, but I had really lost myself for a couple of years. Um, and I, I, uh, I was lost in, I was lost in that. And so I found, um, found CrossFit after my cousin passed away and I realized that I was responsible for my happiness that, that sort of just reflected that for me. And I went um, into the gym, and I found a personal trainer. I, I met Rebecca, who's who's at CrossFit Burlingame, which is where I coach at. Nice. And she helped me get into CrossFit. And then I started doing classes, and then it just kind of set everything into motion for me. The physical aspects of my life changed. The mental health, emotional aspects of my life changed, and my whole perspective shifted. That's that's super awesome, and that's that's the dream for any gym owner to have somebody mm-hmm. who was a member mm-hmm. made a transformation and then started coaching. Oh, I'm super that's, loyal. That's what, that's what Angelo did for us here um, at another gym I was with. And to have him and see him go through that transition to coaching people now is 
that's the dream. Like you want to be able to take someone and help someone through that process and see their growth. And that's, that's really cool that you did that. And I'm sure that James is super appreciative and he's a great person to have to to take you through that. He is. He is. He's, uh, he's given me a lot of opportunity and I really, I really respect my position there and I'm loyal to that gym and, and everything that it's helped me create and find out about myself. And it's, it's just awesome to be a part of and to be on the other side now as a coach and to get to share that with athletes. Like, yeah, yeah. I did this here. I lost all the, the 60 pounds here. I was on the other side. So uh, it is fun. It's fun. And nothing is more powerful than being coached by somebody who's walked the walk. Mm. And I don't have a huge weight loss transformation to show, but I can show you for the last 17 years of my life, I've never taken more than two days off in the gym. Wow. And... That's how I have credibility with myself. That's how I have the confidence to be able to coach different people through different things. Mm-hmm. How did you become confident enough to say, I'm ready to do this and coach other people? Well, along with the physical transformation, so that, that happened and that was cool and it's 60 pounds lost. And I think physically, like we get a lot from looking at that and that's, that's pretty black and white, right? right? It's pretty tangible. Wow, 60 pounds lost. But the transformation that you don't see mm. is the mental health transformation. Mm, nice transition. My mental, <laughs> mental segue. <laughs> nailed it. Nice transition. Go ahead. Um, you don't see that mental health transition, right? So by losing, not only losing this weight, but by also creating these relationships. We talk about community and CrossFit. I came into some healthier friendships. I came into a much healthier relationship with myself. My self-confidence grew. My self-esteem grew. My perspective grew. All of a sudden, I had gratitude and appreciation for life. I wasn't noticing how much my life sucked. I wasn't so upset right. about, about um, how overweight I was and noticing all the negatives in my life, which was absolutely 100% like a perspective at one point. I did. I did. I was stuck in. I think we all kind of get there sometimes, depending on what's going on. So, um, so that physical transformation kind of it helped and I also believe in the mind body spirit connection so it influenced the body changes influenced the mental health changes and that provided a platform where I was like well I also have a psychology background so I do also know about this stuff from an educational perspective but now it feels even more um, it feels even more deep substantial there's a lot of sustenance there for me because I've experienced it personally I've experienced it personally and I feel more passionate when I speak about it because I can tell you what the black and white, what the textbook says about these things, but I've also experienced it myself personally. So it, it fire. Like when I, when I share that with you, there's, I've lived it, right? I can tell. Yeah. So and having the both sides, the book work, mm-hmm. but also what I call like the street work, mm-hmm. having done it, having lived it, having help people and learning from those experiences unvaluable unvaluable yeah. i like to say that i have a street degree in psychology as you could see on our board up here yeah when day one we dive into family relationships personal oh. relationships we have people's names up there we have a purpose becoming an adult for example was this person's and then we have some real tangible items which is kind of how we run the podcast it's let's let's spill and then let's start to filter down to how do you actually do it? Yeah. So a word that keeps coming up that I love a lot. And again, like we talked about before we turn the mic on, this is going to go places where we didn't expect <laughs> and we might go off notes, but perspective. Uh-huh. I gained a ton of perspective. It was about a year and a half ago. I had an uncle that passed away from mm. brain cancer, super unexpected. And mm. there are tragic events or big item impactful events that can happen to someone but it doesn't always spark a change. You know, you can be told that you only have six months to live if you don't fix your eating habits and, and start a healthier lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But maybe two out of ten people would actually make the change. Right. You know, what... Change is hard. Change is hard. What... How did you start to really change your perspective? What was the... Was there a tactic? Was there a light bulb moment? Was there something you did every day that kept bringing you back to this new change? Oh, maintenance is big. Maintenance. Maintenance helped me keep my perspective. Uh, Routine. We're creatures of habit. 
you, you talk about somebody who is told that they have six months to live, they need to change their eating habits, but still they can't make that change because they're in that habit mm. of eating the way that they're eating. And in order to create change, it takes work, it takes energy, it takes focus to switch that up. Because the habitual stuff is easy. It's familiar. Right. We, it's automatic. You don't have to put any energy or work into it. You just flow into that, right? Yeah. You don't think about that, much like our thoughts. So I, I think that to help with the perspective maintenance, uh, we kind of maybe we jumped over a step of how do you even get into that change? How do you even change or know when you need to change? There's that part too. But to answer your question about perspective and maintenance, I, I absolutely have a routine. Okay. And I think we, we've talked about the words mental health muscle. Right. Mental health is a muscle. We go to the gym. We work on our actual physical muscles. You work on things every day. Your mental health shouldn't be viewed any differently than that. Your mental health, your perspective, your approach to life, your uh, approach to tackling problems in your life is a muscle. And it's something that needs to be flexed. It's something that needs to be mm -hmm. worked on daily. So I did have, and it's, I think you would call it a practice. What is your practice to maintain your mental health muscle or to, how do you work on that muscle? And for me, it's 100% waking up, um, I walk my dog in the morning. Okay. Get some of that unconditional love. Yeah. Go outside. That's cool. Yeah, I, every morning. Uh, I, I, I walk my dog. I'm present when I'm walking my dog. I'm looking at the, luckily I live in a gorgeous neighborhood in Burlingame and Hillsborough is behind us and there's tons of trees and little squirrels and I can just be present and notice these things. So it gives you some clarity there, just, just present in that moment. So I walk my dog. How do you become present because as simple as that sounds it's it's a process for most people myself sure. included and mindfulness is such a charged word mindfulness is a term that is thrown around so right. much it's so overused it's, what is it actually it's diluted what does I it think. feel like it what does be. it look like as you're walking your dog mindfulness is is being in the present moment and as i'm walking my dog it's only being where my feet are mm -hmm. It's not thinking about, okay, what am I going to do after this? What's going to happen at work today? What do I got on the agenda for the gym? What does my gym routine look like tonight? It's not thinking about those things going into those places, but saying, whoa, the leaves on uh, that tree, those colors are super beautiful, super interesting. So um, vis visual is one aspect of that. Yeah, visual is one aspect of being helping yourself become present. Okay. Noticing things in the room. And a grounding, a grounding exercise, and I'll go back to the walk and how else we can be mindful in it, but a grounding exercise to help you become present using your visual, uh, your visual sense is naming colors in the room. Blue. I love that one. Orange. I see the microwave. Black. Yellow. Green. Right? Using visual stuff to become present. Bring yourself to the room. Right. And by that, you break the, the cycle, the thoughts, whatever it is that you're thinking about. So I'm on the walk with my dog, <clears throat> excuse me, and... Uh, I'm, I'm hearing the leaves crunch under my feet. I'm looking at him and his tail wag. I'm just, ve I'm very in the moment and, and it can be hard because we do have a mind that loves, it's addicted to distraction. It runs. It's addicted to distraction. Yeah, right. And here in the Bay Area, there's so many distractions. There's so many things to become involved in. We move very fast here. So slowing down and becoming present is really hard and it takes a lot of work, which right. is why you got to. You got to practice it. You really got to have your practice and do it daily. So that's a little bit of what uh, maybe being mindful on the walk would look like. Great. So my routine to help me maintain these perspectives, I wake up, I walk my dog, try and be present in, in my life and try to be present as much no matter where I'm at, what I'm doing. Right. Always have to remind myself, but I try. I cook my breakfast, which is self-care for me. And I cook my food in general. So that's a way that I take care of myself. Mm. And then what... During the, the summer season, I get to sit outside and I, I would eat my breakfast outside and nice. I did that. And maybe sometimes I would take some quotes and I would just like ponder on them. And it's such a funny word, but that's like no other way that I can describe yeah. it. I would ponder on these quotes and yeah. just think about them, right? And Having what your coffee it? with quotes. Exactly. Coffee with quotes. I like that. <laughs> that might need to be something in the future. Hashtag coffee <laughs> with quotes. So I, that would be my, my morning routine. And then I would go about my day. Every night I would give gratitude. Well, I'd also go to the gym. I'd go to work, do my thing at work, which is very fulfilling for, fulfilling for me. And I'm super lucky yeah. that I get to do what I get to do because sitting with people and just witnessing human suffering and feeling like you're helping people through their journey is such a powerful thing. So I can't help but be present when I'm in my sessions yeah. with clients. Right. I, it's, I don't even really have to try. I'm just there with that person. Huh. 
I've never thought of it that way, but I feel the same way about when I'm sitting down with somebody talking about day one, what are the roles that you play in life that are important to you? Mm -hmm. If we look back in three months, what do those roles need to be for you to be successful in the purpose we wrote on the board? Mm -hmm. And those are, I always say day one is my favorite day. It's because of that presence. And they appreciate it so much more than you can even know. Like the phone is always in this top drawer. Right. Closed. Yeah. It's never, there's nothing, there's not, there's not even a clock in here. Uh-uh. And I did that on purpose because I don't want to be watching the clock. I like that. You know? That's really cool. That's the, be- like, the ultimate gift you can give somebody right. is your full attention and being present with them. Because we notice. We notice when you're having a conversation with someone and you're checking your phone or maybe you're looking around them. You're thinking about something else, but you're responding to them. Right. Are you actually listening to what they're saying? Like, we know when people are present with us and when they're somewhere else in their head. So I found that it's best to just shut up sometimes. Yeah. Just shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Ask a question let them go. Right. And just, just take it in. That's a beautiful thing. What, so, is, what are the benefits of... Because we all know mindfulness. We all know presence. What are the real hard benefits that you get out of doing that? Why is it so important? Why can't we just be, why can't we multi, multitask and be on our phone as we walk our dog or mm. thinking about other things? You're missing your life. <laughs> you're missing your life. Yeah. It's called when you're present, you're actively participating in your life. Boom. Your life is not in the future when you get to the gym. Your life is not in six months when you get to that competition. Right. Your life is not when you have saved up enough money to buy that car. And these are things that we constantly get stuck on or attached to or lost in. Your life is in the present moment. And right. this is all that you have control over. So if you're not living in the now, you're really just existing. I'm going to let that just, just, just <laughs> let that set in for a little Marinate bit. Marinate on that one. What I, the way I think about that is that when we get to a goal, mm-hmm. if that's a goal post, for example, a big yellow goal post in football, mm-hmm. if you make it, you're just going to move it back. And you're just going to create another one, another one, and you're going to be constantly feeling, what's the word? Unfulfilled. Yeah, unfulfilled, or it's going to be a scarcity mindset of, Mm. I don't have the goal, I don't have the goal. Right. Constantly chasing, I don't have what this person has. But if you're just here, enjoying what you do have, which is a dog that unconditionally loves you, Uh or a nice cup of coffee, crunchy autumn leaves or whatever you're looking at yeah. that can be super rewarding and 100% it's, it's not your happiness isn't when you achieve those things it's like it's the whole saying about enjoy the journey yeah. it's not about the end go- goal the end post right, right. It's, it's the journey in this between is what it, yeah, this it's is what it actually now. means yeah. right? it's the journey it's the now it's that gritty work that's what it actually means yeah. is enjoying that process because when you get to enjoy that process you're, me- you're making your goal every single day right that's why people people ask me a lot because I think fitness guy goals like what are your goals what are your goals what do you want to live like I just want to do what the program says today yeah very well mm-hmm. to my best effort based on what that day is yeah I don't I'm very ungoal oriented if that makes sense in, in the traditional sense of I want my numbers to be this 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 I want my membership to be this 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 right. But I focus on the daily items. Okay, I need to be in the gym five times a week. Mm-hmm. This is what I need to do. It's on my my coaching app. I program for myself. I use the same app that my members use. Yeah. What do I need to do on a daily basis? I know how to organize the three kind of pillars of my business, which are the creative side, this, mm-hmm. which are sales, mm-hmm. like creating some marketing and mm-hmm. following up with leads that, that other people give me. And of course, servicing existing members Hmm. if I have a good balance of of course taking care of the people that are already here Mm -hmm. and then I'm also reaching out to people Mm -hmm. and I'm putting interesting stuff out there that's making people think about fitness in a different way and that is hopefully compelling content Uh I think the membership number is going to grow yeah and I'm just going to keep trying stuff to the best of my ability right to the best of my knowledge and learning to get to a bigger number. Yeah. I don't operate with like, it needs to be 57 by this date uh-huh. because then you start acting. You're not present. You're thinking about mm-hmm. the different things I need to do tomorrow. Right. Right. And people notice that and people and see people- that. <laughs> and, and, and that's the, when it feels salesy when you're talking to someone. Right. Because right? people feels- can pick up on that intention. Right. 
And I also think about appreciation and gratitude. You, you said when you're in the moment, you notice all the things that you do have. Mm-hmm. And ego and gratitude cannot coexist. I love that. Explain. When you have gratitude... You are full of appreciation for all the stuff that you do have. You are so rich in life. Maybe I'm homeless and I'm living. That's kind of an extreme example. But maybe I'm home. <laughs> I went there. Let's get extreme. I work with homeless clients. Um, and I, I, uh, I'm homeless, and, but I have some resources. I have a place that I can go during the day and yeah. I can get food, right? I, I'm noticing. I can still be full of gratitude and notice how rich I still am, even though I'm not. I have, I'm rich with resources right now. I'm rich with a bridge that covers my head. Again, right. extreme example. Right. I get it. But you're notice it's your perspective on these things. It's not about the things. It's your perspective on these things. How you perceive them. Yeah. And when you're with ego, you're without. I do not. I cannot snatch that number. I do not have an iPhone X. I do not have I an iPhone X. I only have the six. You're focused on what you don't have. You're <laughs> yeah. without. Uh. So you become full of like compassion and gratitude and you're not it's not about yourself anymore it's just about it's just a, like a manner of existing nice yeah. we've we've talked about a lot of words ideas mm-hmm. let's get down to how I want to learn more about your practice and how mm-hmm. you bridge these two things of being a fitness coach coaching people through life in these extremely difficult situations mm-hmm. and how you start to see mental health show up um, in the gym. Mm. So where is the, the crossover? What are, as you're perusing through a class and you, of course you're noticing the way someone is, is they look, the yeah. way their body language looks, right. all of the different, the different things that we don't pay attention to. How is mental health affecting a class of people doing a workout? Mm-hmm. And where, how does it show up the most? Mm-hmm. How do I fuse the two? I start well it, when I'm coached. Go ahead. They are one and the same. You, yeah, you it's me- you can't be without mental health. You right. can't be without <laughs> your perspective, relationships, gym, workplaces. Your mental health is is everything. It's how you're approaching problems in your workout. How you're approaching problems with coworkers. How you're approaching problems in your in your romantic relationships. Uh, I like to in my class how I kind of bridge the two and what it might look like an example of that is often I found myself when when I have my uh, my athletes warming up I ask them well I ground them at first right I'm like it's Tuesday can you talk about are. that first but what what is grounding how do you do it in here well, you talked a little bit about the colors mm-hmm. but maybe the the elements of grounding and mm-hmm. how to apply them when you're unracking that heavy bar that you've never done before mm-hmm. or before you unrack it what's your process for that that helped me a ton when you told me about that like I told you the next day or even that afternoon I think it was mm-hmm. I PR my deadlift hmm. so what nice. yeah what, did I share that with you I think you tagged me okay. in your okay, cool. in your social media story your Instagram story about it so what is how do you do that how do you do that how do you ground the gym you well there's the colors example that i gave you can do that mm-hmm. there's physical i think we see people and, and we see that their coaches and they come up and slap their legs and they're just kind of like all right yeah. be here yeah. notice these muscles right yeah. be here that's a physical way of kind of grounding and just clearing whatever's going on in your head and being there in the moment i like to I, i'm a i'm a pretty i think would consider myself like an intellectual person so i notice my thoughts also okay i try you can catch it at different places when to notice when you need grounding first comes the awareness of when do i need grounding okay because that's that's the hard part is even being aware of whoa my mind is all over the place i'm yeah. not focused on yeah. on this lift that's the hard part is even noticing that that you've gone off on that on that thought train so that's the first part uh, I like to notice my thoughts. I can kind of at some point have come to a point <clears throat> in a practice where I can separate myself a little bit and think about my thinking. I can kind of hear myself, the, the dialogue that's going on in my head. Okay. And I'm no, and by no means like a guru, but this, these are things that, that I do and that I've come to and I still work on every day. I would say I'm in a 5K row and I'm feeling pretty fatigued. I can notice it in my body. That's the feeling. Also, I have uh, thoughts. I notice my thoughts. Right. I can think about my thinking because I'll start, if I start to feel fatigue, I'll start to think that combo pizza last night, a couple sips of whiskey was not helpful. <laughs> and that's why I'm that feeling fatigue. super specific. 
I did not take all of my <laughs> might have been what I had last night. A little bit of self disclosure. Um, Same actually. I had pizza and a couple Guinnesses. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, some some nice whiskey. So that's a couple of brews. Self care. Yeah, so going back to the balance. So we call it balance. Uh, going back to the example, so I can notice my thoughts, and I'm totally am self-defeating in that i feel fatigue i start to i feel fatigue in my body my brain usually my my process my habitual pattern habitual uh distorted thinking pattern is to think about why i'm feeling fatigued and Mm -hmm. negatively go down on that thought train so i'll think about my food at one point in time i I had had taken a lot of supplements or i was i was um i would always take my supplements i was pretty regiment about it and if i didn't take my fish oil that day oh i was for sure doomed (laughs) I was doomed in my work, my workout later on, right? So I'd be in my work, and I'm like, oh, I should have taken that fish oil pill. Creatures of habit. So, so these are thoughts that I would have. And so I can notice my thinking and wrap it around and be like, my thoughts. I have done this before, so I got to flip that thinking. You've been here before. I've been here before. You know how to react. I, just, I did a 10K, and I'm freaking out about a 5K. I'm way more, I'm so capable of this right now. You hear that, guys? She rose... Five and 10,000 meters. So I don't want to hear those complaints about the 1,000. 750 part in a row. Exactly. Complaints. Yeah. It's uh. thank you, my coach. 5K, 2K, 10Ks so, recently. Can I be selfish for a second? Please indulge. When I step out of the squat rack, anytime the weight is above about 325, I have that thought of damn this feels heavy that's exactly what i say to myself Mm -hmm. and i want to acknowledge it but i'm not sure how to correct it and help myself get over for some reason there's a there's a point right at 325 Mm -hmm. i can still hit 335 but there's something that it feels and then i acknowledge it do i not acknowledge it do i say stop being a little bitch like what is Mm -hmm. the what is the the process of fixing that it's being ready for it when you hear yourself, you're going to do it. You're, it's a habit that you're trying to break. Okay. We talk about change. You're changing that initial first thought. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes energy. So before I even touch the bar. Before you even touch the bar, expect that your, your brain's going to say that. Expect that you're going to tell yourself it feels heavy. And be ready for it. Be prepared. Okay, what's your comeback? What's your rebuttal to mm. that thought? It's going to feel heavy, but I have lifted heavier. Right. It's going to feel heavy, but I'm prepared for this moment. And I'm not saying that that changing these thoughts in your head is like you're going to be able to snatch an extra 50 pounds. No, it doesn't work like that. But you're going to have a higher probability of of getting of making progress and making improvement because there is a connection. Hmm. Uh, And it's called CBT, actually thoughts, feelings, behaviors. It's a pretty CBT is a pretty basic core curriculum when it comes to therapy. It's really popular right now, evidence based. Um, It's been researched and. Uh, thoughts, feelings, behaviors, and how they're all connected. So that thought of this feels heavy translates into your body. So it's okay to have that. Oh, yeah. And even acknowledge it. You you have to. Because I've tried the whole rage lifting where it's like you just go in and you try to be a monster. Mm. For some people that works, honestly, for me, it doesn't play well. Um, So this is is news. It's okay to feel that. It's okay to even acknowledge that thought underneath the barbell. You can't resist it. You have to accept it. Right. Most people will just turn the rock music up and try to push through it. Right. I mean, and sure, maybe and sometimes it does work. That could work. That right. could work too. But I say in the long run, in the long run, you're not always in life going to have an opportunity to turn up that music. At work, you're not going to be able to turn up that that rock music I like and get mess through with that. Right? Turn the music off and see if they could do that right? sometimes. Because then they're forced to listen to themselves. Right. And what does that sound like? So. Woo! <laughs> Damn. Thoughts, feelings, behaviors, Dario. Okay. Your thought of the heavy, your thought of the heavy uh, barbell on your back translates into your your muscles feeling like it's heavy, and your muscles questioning if right. they can do it. Right. And then the behavior is you not or successfully or not successfully following through with that lift. That's how the thoughts, the feelings, the behaviors, right, um, hmm. uh, transfer. So if your if your thought is that it's heavy, and then you can catch it, you have enough awareness first. To hear yourself say that, and then you're prepared because you've been working on that muscle, right? Okay. Uh, and you you know that your rebuttal is going to be it's heavy, but <clears throat> I don't know. I'm I've prepared for this. I've done the work say. I needed to do in my training. So I need to counterpunch it. Yeah. With 
something real though. It, it can't be a lie you're telling yourself. You, if you were unprepared, you're not going to believe it. Mm-hmm. But I can say to myself, man, you've been squatting for 12 years. Mm-hmm. You've been here before. Mm-hmm. You know what to do. Mm-hmm. You've felt a heavy back squat yeah. before. Yeah. You've been preparing mentally right. for the last 10 years uh-huh. and physically equally the last 10 years exactly. to do this. Yep. Now go do it. And the feeling that feels just maybe even right now in your, in your body, that yeah. feels a lot more confident. Maybe yeah. we, we, our chest perks up a little bit, right? Maybe our actually, muscles. I think I Yeah, I saw like... you kind of puff those feathers. <laughs> those feathers. I think like my arms got a pump when I said that <laughs> and I'm in a fast right now. So that's crazy. Yeah. Huh. It, it, and so that is going to give you a higher problem. I'm not insuring, I'm not guaranteeing anything, right. but, but that is going to give you a higher probability of being more successful in your, in your workouts. That's all you can ask. You can, yeah. people want the for sure answer. Is this going to work? Like, we don't know. Yeah. In life. We're right. We're instant gratification. We're playing to the odds here mm-hmm. and trying to give you the best, most solid foundation to be able to go do the stuff. Yeah. Damn. I don't know how we got there, but thank you. That's been bothering me for a while. For some reason, it's not anything else besides that single movement. Everything else I'm pretty solid in. Yeah. If I deadlift, like I really feel confident in that. Mm -hmm. But there's something about that number and that movement that bothers Mm -hmm. me. Confidence. Right. Oh, and, and I want what? you to reframe that too, What's because up? even right now, listening to you talk, there's mm-hmm. something about that Fix me. weight and that. Fix me. This will be. All, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you my uh, tab when we're done here. <laughs> um, there's, um, there is hearing you say that, right? You've, you've. There's a lot of power in the words that you yeah. just chose. That weight, that movement bothers me. Yeah, bothered reframe, me. Reframe, <laughs> bothered me, right? Bothered me. That weight, that movement has bothered me in the past, but I'm, I'm ready for it. There you, go. You, you don't want to think in those absolutes because that's going to predict your future. If you still say it bothers me, it's always going to defeat me. I can never, I can never snatch that weight. I can never lift that. You're, you're already defeating yourself. Right. You're already defeating yourself mentally. So listening to yourself and you have a ton of great awareness. You right. have a ton of great insight. You even mentioning that's my initial thought. You have that, that awareness, right? right? So, and that's, that's, I think the hard part is just developing the awareness uh, and then we can work with it from there. And it, and it takes a while. These things take a while. It's a muscle that we're developing with the awareness. Have your practice. Have your routine. And then you start to notice your patterns, your negative patterns that translate to the different areas of your life and how you're, mm. pro- how you're approaching problems. All kinds of problems. And that's why I think mental health is so... It's, it's obviously universal. You take your mental health with you wherever you go. Nice. Can you talk about how to develop confidence... If hmm. mental health is a muscle and confidence is under that umbrella, interesting. How does one become confident? How does one become confident? Would you agree that that's something that's that's practiced as well? Confidence is practiced and, and earned, more earned. Uh, I think you become confident through proving to yourself that you can. I was hoping you would go there. Uh-huh. We didn't talk about this before, but it's something I, I think about. You have to be the person who does what they say they're going to do mm-hmm. to become confident. Mm-hmm. Because on the board up here on day one, nine out of ten times, there's some aspect of, I want to be more confident. That's why I'm here in the mm-hmm. gym. I want to be more confident. So it's about, I'm going to do this mm-hmm. and then doing that. Yeah. What stops people from... Because everybody knows on day one, we, we explore your brain. And most of the time, people are able to put a decent action plan around their health up mm-hmm. on the board mm-hmm. by themselves. Or I'm just kind of probing and asking questions and they're able to extract what they know, what they think they know. And we're able or they're able to put on the board a damn good plan to the point where I'm like, okay, look at the right side of the board. Does that look like it's doable? And you know, I'll, I'll make some changes, but... It's like, yeah, if you do that, you are going to get to where you want to be. But why, why is it not happening? Why, why are they not following through in life from your experience and working with people? Mm-hmm. Self-talk has a lot to do with it, I think. Mm. Becoming, uh, when you're not following th- through with things, 
let's say you're not able to make that lift. What what road do you do you go down? I think that can break down people's self confidence. Okay. I didn't make that lift. CrossFit isn't for me. Gymnastics is scary. Handstand walks are scary. CrossFit is not for me. Only lifting, putting a barbell over my head, it's gonna fall. I've never done that before. Yeah. CrossFit's not for me. These are all things that that can break you down, and that's coming from maybe a, a beginner or somebody that's thinking about doing yeah. CrossFit. Cooking takes a lot of time. Cooking is hard. Meal prep food tastes nasty. Yeah. Blank yeah. is blank. It's gonna break. It's gonna break confidence. Right. But if you say, if you can acknowledge that and still work through it and prove to yourself that you can still do it, so much confidence is built. And I feel like people come into the gym and they're like, "Yeah, I want confidence." And that mm-hmm. that to me, I think in my experience. Most people will say they want to they want to look better so that they can feel more confident around other people. Okay. But it's not that only holds so much. That's that's not substantial for me. That's kind of fraudulent in some ways because it doesn't matter what a person looks like, their self-confidence comes through regardless. When you look at somebody, you're not like, "Damn, look at those gains. Look at all those <laughs> muscles." That is a confident person. Right. You're not based on that. Yeah. It's not it's how they carry themselves. It's how they present themselves. It's their uh, if they're able to maintain eye contact. I was just going to say if they look at you in the eye when they sh- when you shake their hand. Right. It's the body language. It's the energy. It's all these other things internally that manifest physically that have nothing to do with what your body looks like. But anyway, so getting back to the point, I feel that um, self-confidence, so by that person who might be scared of CrossFit still going and trying and learning, proving to themselves, hey, I just took a CrossFit class. It was my first class. I could only, you know, overhead squat the PVC pipe, (laughs) but I feel more confident in myself because I proved to myself that I could do that. They showed up for themselves. They showed up for themselves. They got. They worked through that self doubt. Yeah. They worked through that self doubt. Yeah. And uh, and and it's not. It's I have a self doubt of doing an overhead squat, so I'm not going to do it, and that's going to break. That's going to you know that doesn't lead. That's right. not a confident type person. But but pushing through and doing an overhead squat even with a PVC pipe, uh, right. And telling yourself at the end of that, I'm I uh, I completed. I did I did a CrossFit class. Can you? Confidence. Does that make sense? Yeah, and the way I use that personally in my kind of sarcastic humor and way of approaching life and mm-hmm. not taking it too seriously, mm-hmm. I'll say, "What's the worst thing that can happen?" Mm-hmm. And I'll mess around with people as they're you know, unracking a bench press, and I can tell they're super nervous. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, "What's the worst thing that could happen?" And they're like, "It could follow me." Yeah, I might die. <laughs> and I, 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 I mess with you guys on that. But really, <laughs> what is, I'm standing here, yeah. even if, if there is 300 pounds over you. I'm standing here. Right. We don't have clips on the bench press, so you could slide the weights off. Yeah. What What is the worst thing yeah. that could happen yeah. as you're, you know, thinking about your day, like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to go to the gym today. I don't know. Like, right. what's the worst thing that could happen? Yep. One of the things <laughs> that one of the other coaches at our gym, Coach Sean, who yeah. we both know, and I've gone to school with him for a while, plug Coach Sean really quick. He would he'll he would always say if he was to come spot you, he's like, it's coming up no matter what. That's what he says. It's coming up no matter what. And that gives me confidence. And most not, well, I would say majority of the time, more often than not, just hearing that and say that, I don't even need to spot her at that point. Like, I know it's coming up no matter what. That's now the dialogue in my head. Right. It's coming up no matter what. With them there, without them there, like, it's coming up. Right. And sometimes I don't. Sometimes I don't do it on my own. I do need that spotter, but I know that it's coming up no matter what. Of course. So that, that builds a little bit of confidence. I'm stealing that. One A. I'm stealing that. It's coming up no matter what. It's coming up no matter what. I love that. What do you, what else do you see if you think about the avatar client in a class? Like you take the, the average of everybody and there's this one person mm-hmm. and they represent most of the things that someone in the gym goes through. Mm. And CrossFit Burlingame and our audience is pretty similar. Mm-hmm. What is the one thing that you see in them where you're you can really identify like, damn, that is a, such a mental health issue or not a mental health, but a mental thing. Right. Way more than it is physical. And how do you help them fix that? Um, We're getting super tangible now. Super tangible. <laughs> I <clears throat> excuse me. I think that. We, in life and in the gym, but I'll keep it to the gym, we care about what other people think often. We think that people are staring at us all the time. We're, we're worried about... That's so untrue in a class setting. 
Nobody gives a damn about what you're doing. Nobody cares except for you. Yeah, nobody's paying attention to your form that's slightly off on that movement. But you're freaked out because you think all eyes are on you. We're just trying to survive our own workout. Yes. (laughs) Even when I'm in the gym, I'm just... In in one of my own classes, I'm just trying to survive my own workout and do my best. Yeah, when you're dialed in. Right. So, something that I hear often that I would notice uh, when I would like find a partner for a workout is sometimes... Is people would say, okay, well, I'm not going to go that hard today. I, I'm not feeling too good. I'm just recovering off a back injury. I'm only going to do this weight because, um, you know, I'm just going to move today. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go so hard. And um, it, it feels like excuses, maybe. Um, I think that call that, it what it is. Yeah, I mean, call excuses. It is. Call, call them it's, out. <laughs> it's a fear of I don't know what. It's a fear of. Um, a fear of them failing themselves, yeah. but they think that they're going to be failing everybody else. They want to they set think, the bar low. Exactly. Right? They set the bar low. Um, and so I, I hear, that's something that I, I hear and I pick up on because it's it's not <clears throat> the way that I would go into a workout. And I would challenge people that kind of tell themselves that way, give, them the, give themselves that petty permission right. to not do well, uh, to, to think about that. Giving yourself an out. Giving yourself an out before you've even started. When I hear people say, I think I'm going to try to come to right. X class. Like, whoa. Yeah. Come back. Come back. Yeah. They're, they're halfway at the door. Like, what do I see next? I think I'm going to try to come. Well, stop. Yeah. Close the door. Come Let's here. think about that. <laughs> you think you're going to try to. Yeah. Okay, I'll see you the next time because you're not coming to that class. Yeah. If we can rephrase it and say, I'll see you Monday. Yep. As simple as that. Committing. Like, why I think I'm going to... What What is going to get in the way? There's not going to be an apocalypse where the road, old county road is closed. Yeah. It's escape route. They've it, given themselves that escape route. Yeah. Don't give yourself that out. Don't give yourself that out. And there is some validity. Sure, if yeah. you are you are recovering from an injury, right. you're not going to go heavy. Like, by all means, I respect that. Right. Do that. But I'm talking about the people that constantly have right. those reasons for why they're not going to perform well. And they spit those out before they even start performing. Right. Those, those, that is something that I, I would like to work with. And I'm not trying to judge. I'm not here judging people. No, this is going to resonate. It's already, I mean, you already, I told you my thing and you know, everybody has these things. Right. Everybody has their thing. And if you can't like take this advice then you're in the wrong place anyways. So permission to just lay it on them, what they need to do. And green lighted. You're, you're, you're safe here. You're good. Cool. Um, Go ahead. I I forgot what I was going to say. Yeah, that's okay. So they, uh, yeah, I would just challenge people to kind of hear themselves. That's something that I see common. And I think also it's because it translates. It's, it's people that say that, they think that other people are watching and judging Absolutely. and have higher expectations for themselves that they can't meet, right? All these people think that I'm, I should be doing better, and, and really it's just an internal thing. You think that maybe you should be doing better. You are unsure of your own performance, and so you give yourself that escape route because yeah. in, in the end, if we think about you and your experience, you're only worried about yourself and your workout, and you're not noticing what the person next to you is doing. Maybe you're... you're we have a partner, and so you're kind of focused on your partner. Right. On Saturdays at CFBG, we often do like three team workouts. So maybe there's two other people also that are part of your workout. But are you sitting there judging that person for how shitty they're doing? Yeah, you or, might notice, you know, like, oh, their squat form is kind of off. Their knees dive. <laughs> right. You might notice it as they do it, but you're not going to go home and like marinate on like, it. Damn, but she sucks at life because her knees dive when she squats. Yeah. <laughs> like, and more often than not, you're encouraging them. Right. You're like you're right. pushing them on. You want them to do well. And, right. You're, you know, it doesn't, so we don't have, we get stuck in those ways of thinking people are more concerned with us and how we're going to do than, uh, than they actually are. And it's a universal experience. Damn. So that's something that happens inside the gym. That's powerful. That reflects in so many different areas, mm-hmm. whether it's me putting out a video of a podcast, something I've never done before. Yeah. Or I've done very few times or it's you agreeing to, yes, be able to do this and right. do that. Because you know, people really don't care that much. Mm-hmm. You're going to be your own harsh critic, most likely, of this video. Always. Everyone else is going to be like, oh, that's a really great point. She's intelligent. Right. What we'll look at is, ooh, I didn't know I looked. Yeah. Well, I was sitting like that. I was sounding like that. Yeah. But really? Judgment. Most people don't judgment. really They don't notice. Care. It's and only your do, stuff. Yeah, if they do, that's their problem. Those aren't yours. your people. Those aren't your people. That's yeah. not your tribe. I hate being cliche, but I'm going to be cliche for do a it. second. Do it. Those who... 
mind don't matter. Those who matter don't mind. Mm, say that again. Those who mind don't matter. Those who matter don't mind. Right. They don't mind how you're slouching. They accept. They don't mind. Yeah, they, they accept. accept. Well, they're not in a position of judging you. Right. And, and questioning you and your stuff. They're more supportive of you. One example in class also, I think we kind of got away from it, but I wanted to share was um, how I kind of ground athletes like in the class. Yeah. Is that okay to like jump back there? Yeah, go for it. Okay. I'll ask them during the warm up to be present. Well, I started off and that's how we kind of segued into grounding is I, I ground them in the beginning of the class and I'll share with them. I'll say, hey, it's Tuesday, we're here, 6 a.m., just get them mm. oriented to time and space. Yeah. Maybe they, they woke up in a frenzy and they got there and they're thinking about the rest of the day, so I just kind of, we're here now. Yeah. Be here with me. I've heard people say, oh, I didn't know it was Thursday today. Yeah. So that's yeah. a good place to start. Good, good it's place Thursday. to start. Yeah, it's good indicator <laughs> of what's going on in somebody's mind. You're right. going so fast, you don't even know what day or time it is. When we have new drop, new people in the class that have just graduated fundamentals, or we have drop-ins, I'll I'll ask my class to do a to do like a little check-in. Right. We kind of they, they tease me about it and we laugh about it because I am a therapist, right? You know, by trade outside of the gym, um, and they're like, "Is this therapy?" And it's <laughs> six a.m. and they don't want to talk, um, but I squeeze words out of them. And anyway, so if we have somebody new, it's just rapport building. I have them share like, okay, what's your name? How long have you been doing CrossFit? What's your favorite CrossFit move? Or something like that. And right. we just kind of go around and check in, right? And that forces them to think about those questions and to, to be here in the there. now. So we do a little bit of grounding. I don't always do those like check-ins or whatever you want yeah. to call them. Um, but um, when there's new people, I do. Then when we're in the warm-up, I'm just, hey, what's going on in your body? Where are you sore? What needs more love today? What are we, what feels tense? Those kinds of things. So just body awareness, mm-hmm. bringing them into their bodies, kind of grounding type stuff. So those are just some examples yeah. in class of what... So the I mental mean. and physical of both of those. Yeah. And how they might intertwine and how they I bring that into the gym as a coach Love in it. my classes. That's super important. I didn't... I never thought of that. But when you said the day and time, I heard somebody say this Thursday, this past Thursday. Mm-hmm. I didn't even realize it was Thursday mm-hmm. or Friday. It was one of the two. I didn't mm-hmm. realize it was Friday. I thought it was Thursday. Mm-hmm. Damn. Where are you that you didn't notice that, it, deep. that it's <laughs> Somewhere deep in that brain and those thoughts. You know? And you don't really think anything mm-hmm. of it. I kind of shrugged it off when I heard it. Like, oh, okay. Whatever. Yeah. But if you really dig in, like, why don't you know the day? Yeah. What's, what's going on that's so... We're so lost in our Blanketing thoughts. your thoughts that right. you don't know what day it is. And a lot of it is by design. We just we live in the Bay Area and we're go, 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 on to the next, on to the next, right. on to the next. Which is valid. Yeah. You need to make a decent amount of money to have a roof here. You need right. to... There are a lot of talented people. So there's someone behind you that could take your job. Yeah, you got to hustle so, hard. Right. And you probably do like a side job to mm-hmm. maybe make some extra money or mm-hmm. a passion project because mm-hmm. we're more in tune with that here in the Bay Area, I think, yeah, than other places. creativity. Yeah. So you got a lot on your plate. However, yeah. none of it is going to be done well if you're not back to point 1A uh-huh. present. If you're not present, yeah. None of it is going to be done well. Another goal thing that I shy away from is the new year goal. Hmm. I have focuses. Like last year was do less things better. Mm-hmm. And it was a great year. Hmm. You know, I had to figure out where to put my time mm-hmm. and draw some really hard lines in the sand business, social relationship, Mm -hmm. to be able to be happy and to be able to show up at my 100%. Do less things better. It was a good year and I'm still doing it and I'm really trying to even further narrow because that makes me happy. Yeah. Why do less things better? What is that? Like, how do we, what else does that mean? Um... For me, it was just having less, let's not say less, but more deeper relationships and meaningful experiences. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I'm not the type of person that likes to be at his friend's cousin's grandkids party, like something that far extended. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'd rather be at home doing something that's going to be more pertinent to the people that trust me with their health. Mm. Um, 
it what it looked like was removing myself from a few fantasy football leagues. Mm, because smart. <laughs> smart. My, my fantasy team is here. Yeah. I don't like I don't need a fantasy. I have a reality of 40 yeah. people that are on my actual true coach roster right. that need my attention. Yeah. So figuring out 1A what's going to make me happy. Mm-hmm. And it's not being at every party and unfortunately not seeing a lot of my friends. Yeah. Um, but I know in the long run, I'm going to be able to do that yeah. if I can hone in right now and do this well. Mm-hmm. And this makes me happy. I cannot imagine doing anything else or living any other way. If I had to punch in somewhere, mm-hmm. it might be convenient some days to punch a clock and yeah. fool around on Amazon and ESPN right. <laughs> like I used to at Citibank. Yeah. But I mean, where was I... What was I doing? What was the impact I was making? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It's not very fulfilling. And I think that's... Yeah. Well, that's what I hear you saying. Not that those jobs aren't fulfilling. They could be fulfilling for people. It's not about the job. It's about you tapping into what's fulfilling for you. Yeah. And you staying authentic to yourself. And then I could be... Show up well for other people. Yeah. If I'm not Easily. happy... Yeah. If I'm not happy... Like, I've been there before where I wasn't happy at a job. I would come home and when I was living at home at the time, my parents would always ask... How was your day? Like, dude, it was shit. I hate my job. Like, yeah. I don't want to talk about that. Right. And I couldn't show up well for that. Yeah. And that's a, so many hours of your life that you're spending. Right. And I know mm-hmm. not everybody could be in this dream position we're in, but there, there's an out. If you just Google search your job title in a city, yeah. like logistics coordinator, San yeah. Mateo, yeah. hundreds of jobs are going to show up. For sure. That's super specific. And if you're listening, I'm talking to you. I'm speaking <laughs> oh, to somebody. There's a logistics coordinator out there. You just At any given time, I'm trying to get like six to seven people to change their jobs to something that's going to make them more happy. Yeah. Change is hard, right? And it it's is. so easy and familiar to just stay in the role that you're in. It is. But at some point, you have to notice that there's a problem. Right. You become comfortable living with that problem. Yeah. It's like, why do I hate the question, how was your day? There's something yeah, wrong there's something if wrong. you really hate that question. Right? And it popped up on your radar eventually. It's eventually. Like, oh, okay. I didn't understand it first. I was just yeah. like kind of in that haze of being in a bad mood most yeah. of the time. Well, and then also like reminding yourself that you're in control of that. Right. Like you have the power to change that. You're unhappy and we want to kind of blame the job. Like it's the job's reason. It's the job. It's the job's fault that I'm so unhappy. It's that person's fault. I'm so unhappy. Right. But really you have so much more power and control over these things. It's up to you to change your job to become happier. It's up to you to have healthy boundaries or remove that person from your life that's making you unhappy. Absolutely. And that's kind of the, also the, um, like a big point I think too is like, where's your locus of control? Noticing what you can control. Do you do things, are things a problem in your life because of other people? I think what do less things better, now that you're saying certain words, mm-hmm. what it meant was letting go of balance hmm. and what other people thought that, you know, what other people do. Maybe not what they thought, but what other people do and how they live. Like, mm-hmm. ooh, I should have X amount of hours for this and I need to have balance in things mm-hmm. and letting go of that. Mm -hmm. And saying, I'd rather have control than balance. Hmm. I'd rather have control of how I feel every day. Mm -hmm. And I'm always in a constant pursuit of feeling more in control while knowing I don't have any control over certain things. But more in control of, I do these things every day and I'm working towards, and they make me happy. And I'm working towards doing even more of that every day. Yeah. Making my coffee makes me happy every day. Um, Doing this. Yeah. Doing this. Like podcasting. Talking to people, exploring them, and learning more. Yeah. That makes me super happy. You're tapping into your authentic self. Right. And it's real. And it's obvious. Like, you're so good at this. Yeah, thank right? you. Right? You're, you're passionate about it. You're here with me. You're present. Yeah. You know what to do. It flows for you. Like, you're... And it's fulfilling it's for zone, you. It's the zone, right? Yeah, you're just, dialed in. I want to be... <laughs> I need to disconnect my phone from my laptop. I need... I want to be more frequently in that zone. Yeah. And there are certain things that do it for me that... I look forward to and there's certain things in life that I just got to do and they're just it's just there I have to do it right I'm gonna make the best of it but I know it doesn't put me in that like real 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 happy place well you can handle it because if right. outside of these things that maybe we don't we all have things that we don't want to do right but outside of those things if the rest of your life the majority of your life is something that you're choosing something that's within your control right. something that fulfills you then you can approach these other areas of life that maybe aren't so exciting 
with a great attitude. Right. And show up well for those two. You have more tolerance, more patience right. for these things. Right. Because you're you're feeding your you're filling your cup in other areas. And when I hear you talk about control and like you noticing other things that are out of your control and accepting the, those things, bingo, right. Right. right? There's a concept um, in DBT dialectical behavioral therapy called radical acceptance. And that has been really something for me also that uh, <laughs> was like game changer type stuff. Like Game I think changer. I have that. Is that radical is that acceptance? I think I have that. Like stuff just <laughs> happens where people will freak out and it, I'm largely unfazed by almost anything that happens like it's a good tool to have you know it, yeah. I've also uh, often wondered like is that okay for sure <laughs> it's okay well what's like, the alternative like someone could do something super rude to me and like someone threw a macaroni box at me in a grocery store what recently a macaroni I haven't told anybody about this <laughs> it was the it. weirdest thing I don't know it may have been so I walked by this guy was stocking shelves uh-huh. maybe he was a place where he hates his job and I was walking by with my cart. I was really small. He has a lot of boxes blocking. And I was like, oh, excuse me, pretty politely. I had my AirPods in, which may have given him a vibe. Mm. But, you know, I said excuse. And I'm pretty friendly when I'm in public to people, especially yeah. people I don't know. Mm-hmm. He moved his stuff, kind of uh, moved it. And I went to go grab something. I was going to grab rice. It was in like the car aisle, so there's noodles there. And instead of walking something over and putting it on the shelf, he like tossed it in my like really close in my direction to the point where I think most people would be like, yo, what the fuck? Yeah, you want to take this outside? And I, I said it to myself in my head, but then I looked, this like, damn, something is going on with him. With that's, him. That's really messed up and you know, like it didn't hit me. And it was irrelevant it to you. It wasn't hurt, right. And I just radically I was like I kind of laughed and walked away. That's amazing. I accepted someone throwing macaroni at me. Accepted macaroni box <laughs> to the face. It was such a weird thing, and and I was like, I, I thought about it. I really almost so much power like, in that I moment. Almost flashed, dude. I almost flashed because it did feel like a sign of, of huge disrespect. Yeah. But it's just like, what's gonna come out of this? So much power in that moment. Like that's an awesome. That's an awesome example. I completely forgot about that. That's an awesome example because you <laughs> you got to make a choice. You recognize that you right. had a choice. I can either accept that that happened, right, or I can resist and not accept it and let ego get in the way. And I feel threatened. I feel disrespected. Right. And so I'm gonna have some words with this guy. Those are two different, two very different paths, right? Definitely. Two very different paths. Definitely. And you, you. That's like the power of choice. Like that's your freedom. Right. That's your freedom is you choosing those the, that path, right? You get to choose. Um, so, but yeah, radical, radical acceptance. acceptance. Bring is radical acceptance. Is, is that what it is? And being chill with it, yeah. and make it, and having it be a funny experience because you accepted that that was something that was out of your control. Right. It, it happened. Yeah. You can't argue that. You you can't control other people. You have to radically accept that part, and uh, and you got to move forward. If it would have hit me, we might have had words. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. And what it means is like just radically accepting all the radical stuff, no matter how extreme these things are, right. accepting them uh, that they've happened. And, and it can apply to macaroni boxes. <laughs> <laughs> and I can even go so far so deep to like clients that I work with now, and it could apply to childhood abuse. Right. It could apply to more serious things. Right. Which is not obviously as... as Simple as the macaroni incident. Right, not as simple. That's going to take a little more time, I would assume. For sure. The mental muscle that we talked about. Yeah, and how do you accept? It sounds so crazy. Like, how do you accept childhood abuse that happened? And and, and don't get me wrong. It's not about approving of these things. It's not that it was okay that these things... It's not that they should continue to happen or ever happen. But it's accepting that these things have happened to you in your life that were out of your control and they're always going to be there. That macaroni box incident is always going to be there, right? (laughs) My shitty childhood is always going to be there there's going to be nothing that we can do to change those situations but instead by radically accepting them we're diffusing the resistance around them i can't go be afraid of macaroni my whole life now you can't or that guy (laughs) or or grocery people clerks like you're just harming yourself you're just causing that internal suffering that internal resistance you're only harming yourself and so you want our everybody's goal is to find that to peace, right? To find peace, to peace, to to peace, to be at peace, right. to find that baseline. And so you want to diffuse that resistance, diffuse that kind of suffering. And when we don't accept things, no matter what they are, you're you're suffering. You're creating that internal suffering for yourself. 
you've clarified so many things that I had like thoughts on. Cool. I think this is something that I do that helps mm-hmm. me be happier, but I don't know how to teach it. So thank you for taking all these things and like putting them through a nice clean funnel that hopefully people can can apply. I appreciate that. I hope so. I hope that yeah, it's helpful and and implement able people are able to implement some of these things and apply them to their lives really is what it's about. Yeah. What does it look like for you? Which brings us to the question of the day. Hmm. Is there anything you want to say before we do that? Um to to sum this up or wrap it up? No. I mean we've touched on so many different things. I don't even know how to summarize. All of that, I think it, it is it's good. Listen to it twice. Yeah. Um, my my thing in life is is trying to get people from thinking to doing. Hmm. How do I do that? How do you do that? The person has to want to be doing. So that's the first thing that I would assess for. Mm. Do you want to be doing? Do you notice a problem? Do you want that change? Um, thinking to doing, that's that's implementation. That's homework. That's practice. If you want to have a better perspective, if you want to feel better, then you have to find your daily practices mm-hmm. and what those are for you. Music daily for mm-hmm. me is something that I need. Um, you have to... You have to apply these things. You have to actually do them. You have to think about it. Right. You could listen to this podcast and be like, oh my God, so many amazing points. Right. Like, yes, yes, yes. And like totally gel with it and get excited about it and feel motivated and inspired. But when you turn this podcast off, what do you do with your time What's now? the very next thing you do? What's the very next thing you do? Do you go about your life? And <laughs> Okay, it was cool to have those moments, but now like, let's proceed with exactly what I've been doing. And Or do you say, okay... I need to figure out what it is for me that either makes me feel authentic. I need to figure out what it is for me that makes me feel grounded. How do I become more mindful? I need to uh, notice myself more and become aware of myself more. Uh, Where am I unhappy in my life? What do my thoughts sound like? Like there's so many different things that we've talked about that you can notice or work on. Or So what's the action that you're going to take after this? When you become inspired by things, do you take action or do you just marinate and kind of go about, you know, your same business, right? Are you actually making that change? And I don't know if that's a prescription for taking thinking from doing, yeah. but that is a something that I would ask your audience if they're thinking about making changes is noticing themselves. Uh, what what is it that you're actually implementing? Maybe you have a lot of great ideas, but you know, how, are you putting these things into action? Question yourself. Did you read the quote quote on the board? You didn't even go in the gym today, right? No, down there. Mm-mm. I have a quote on the board from John Maxwell. It says, "I'm going to butcher it, but it's the most overrated." thing in the world or feeling in the world is having good intentions Mm. that means nothing absolutely nothing until you have good actions Mm -hmm. and personally there are days or weeks where I go without listening to any podcast any books Uh because I feel like I need time to apply this stuff Mm -hmm. because if you're not doing if you're just constantly listening and relying on something to motivate you you're missing the boat Right. And that's I think you'll see that if you're listening to this, you probably see that in my coaching style. That's a good there are there are classes or people or, or certain days where I just let you go because you need to do. Mm-hmm. You don't need me there, and that's why this is not a personal training studio. Mm. It's kind of personal training where you're gonna get the help you need in the class, mm-hmm. but I'm also gonna just let you fail in the corner. Like mm-hmm. I'm gonna let you fail a snatch ten times in the corner. Yeah. And that's okay. Because that's your process. Yeah, I'm going to let you get through that thing mm-hmm. or maybe not work through it mm-hmm. to live to see another day for you to realize today was my worst day in the gym. Mm-hmm. And guess what? What What's the worst thing to happen? Yeah. I learned. You learned from it. Right. Yeah, hopefully you learned from it. So if you're listening and you've seen me just kind of chilling and watching and observing, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just letting you I love it. craft you know, a sharper mind and letting you get through it yourself. Yeah. You don't. You shouldn't need a hype man at all times or right. someone to tell you. You know, like no. you shouldn't need that. They're cool though. I it's like cool. hype. There's I a time. Man, but There's yeah. a time and a place, right? And that's why I love having having Angelo because he is more naturally that person. He's like the good cop that's going to be doing that. But yeah, and I'll do it at times. But most of the time, I want to let you just kind of feel it. Yep. Yeah. Feel the heat and see what you do. Yourself. 
I want to see what you do. Yeah. Like, do you implode? Uh-huh. Do you run out of the room? Do you cry? Do you, mm-hmm. you know, what, yeah, how, what do you What's do? your reaction? How do you, hand, how do you approach that problem? Uh-huh. What's your perspective to this problem? Exactly. And I, I love that. And by you sharing like, yeah, you read podcasts and you read books and, uh, but it doesn't really, tra- it doesn't mean anything, right. right? Until you actually live it. You've experienced, you experience it. That's mm-hmm. when the real change happens. So I, people aren't changed by your opinion, they're changed by your example. Right. So you be the example, right? Words can only hold so much weight. You you follow through on what you say. You're gonna follow through. People notice that stuff. It's huge. It, and I I I say all this stuff, and I love all this stuff, and I preach all this. I don't want to call it preaching, but I believe in all this stuff, and right. I share it because I feel it's my truth also, and and I, it's important to me, and I'm passionate about it. But um, I. I have to live it also, right? Because right. otherwise, this doesn't mean anything. And you're not perfect at it. And I'm not perfect. We're, we're, and I slip away. Right. That's, that's we're life. We're both working on mm-hmm. some version at some level of this ourselves. Right. You know, I, you, fix, you fix something for me. Mm-hmm. I have issues in the gym too. Mm-hmm. I'm not perfect at this. Mm-hmm. That number used to bother me. And right. now I understand how to counterpunch and and react because in fact I have put in the work boom and I deserve to feel good under that weight because I have put in the work 52 weeks a year for like 15 years you know so much heat it's simple you simplified in my mind yeah um you did all the work do you thank you do you (laughs) have a question like a thought-provoking question similar to that that you're like that selfishly you want to figure out so you can help more people that I, that I want to figure like, out. What is something that you Thought see often? Things, things, things that I see often. I, I, I mean, something that I just wonder. I don't even know if this is going to answer your question, but something that I wonder is um, how, how is it that we get so comfortable and complacent with like be just being unhappy? I think that's just like a, Boom. a, a like existential maybe type type question. Yeah. Like, why do we get stuck in these places? Yeah. Um, and you just, it can become a pattern, just that negativity. And so it feels, we all know that it feels good to be happy and to be positive. And so sometimes I just, I don't know. I just wonder how we. How do we get away from that? How do we get away from that? How do you forget that feeling? You know, and I don't know. It is my goal for people to comment on this. Mm. Um, That's a thought provoking. I'll, I'll give them stuff. a place to comment or. You know, take feedback through our messaging platform. If you have any thoughts on that, like, let us know. For sure. And I am happy. I don't know if I would be able to, but I'll definitely follow it and sure. we'll share my thoughts on it or I'm happy to, you know, these are good conversations. I don't think that there's always a right or wrong answer there's to any def- of these I was gonna things. Say, there's nothing right or wrong. No, there's, it's all gray area and we're all just trying to figure it out together. So I'm happy to, you know, continue to share my thoughts on these cool. things that we've talked about too. We covered a lot. Thank we you did. so much for your time. Thank you. I, I think like it. we talked about, this might need to be to be continued at some point. Oh yeah. To continue to refine and explore as you keep coaching and learning more, and mm-hmm. as I do the same, mm-hmm. more and more about this this mental health muscle that we have yeah. and how to flex it and and use it to be happier. Constantly reevaluating. Thanks, Ashley. Thank you, Dario.